Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to Positive Approach to Care's Dementia Care Partners podcast series brought to you in part by Truelta, extending the length of time that seniors age in place by building skills to help families manage care at home. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, and joining me as usual is Tipa Snow. And Tipa, our question today is one we've talked a bit about before, but it's so important we're more than happy to have another go at it because we will obviously share new or more or different information. So how do you deal with a loved one constantly wanting to leave the house every day, all day? There's no interest in any activity at home, yet the person is very physically fit. And that's the question. And it's a loaded one. It is. And it's particularly loaded during COVID times um, because there's this added risk element that that people are concerned about. Um, And that added risk is, will they recognize that need to maintain distance, to wear a mask, to um, to not make a lot of contact with people who may not be vaccinated, who may be actively having symptoms that aren't apparent. So let's let's go dial it back though, and let's talk about they want to leave every day. So, Greg, I'm curious, did you work when you were younger? I know you you and I are both in the retirement crew, but not that you could tell. But you know, did you used to have a job when you were younger? Yep. Pretty much had a job since I was about 16. About 16. So what uh-huh. did you do for your job? Did you stay at home every day? Mm, no, I don't think I ever had a job where I worked at home. Oh, so you left your home every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was young, it was out on the crummy and went logging. And then years later, broadcasting and, you know, mm-hmm. into a studio. And... Yeah. Okay. So, in fact, being at home meant you weren't earning a living. That's correct. It meant it was either eating, sleeping, recreation, yard work. Something like that. Now, if you were working, did it give you a sense of purpose or at least earn you an income? Oh, income. And I think a lot of people, probably myself included, when I reflect back on it, probably it, it helps with your sense of identity. You know, I'm a broadcaster. Yeah. So you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, is is one of those things that people are like, Ugh, you know, that's all I do. Well, actually, even stay-at-home moms didn't stay at home that much. Because if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're also the chauffeur. You're the grocery buyer. You're the go-to. The concierge. The, yeah, you're the person who does a lot of things. So in fact, most of us do not stay in our homes very often at all, day after day after day. Now, COVID created this whole different world for us. But in general, human beings are not designed to stay in one solitary location hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month. It's We have a term for it in the wintertime. You know, when you're because of snow, because of bad weather, you have to stay in. What happens after you've been in that house for too long? What do you develop? Well, your cabin fever or bush madness. Isn't that what they? Yeah. I mean, I'm it was, I can't stay here anymore. I'm going walkabout. You know, that idea. And even in Australia, they have it, I'm going walkabout. It means I've reached my limit being corralled, being in one location. And if there's a history, a long hippocampal memory history and it's also connected to emotions that give me a sense of um, pleasure or need meeting 
where do you go to get gas? Do you stay at home to get your gas? Well, because of COVID, some people do now, but that's a, a new thing. Not traditionally. No, you go yeah. up in the car. To, I mean, do you do you have all the food that you need? Even if you raise your own, is it in the house? No, generally we kept the cows out in the pasture, you know? Yeah, and the fields. And you, if you go to the garden, you go to the garden, you go to the barn, you go to the chicken coop. What we are built as a human being, we have it a wayfinding. And it's part of your hippocampus. It's that coming and going. This is located there. This is located there. So you go from here to there to this other place. And then you come back home. But this pattern of going and coming is sort of from the very beginning. Like if you think about it, the first thing you do are you're held by your mom. And then she shares you. Who does she share you with first? Typical. Just about anybody passed me about around. Anybody. You get yeah. to a point where at first it's like, oh, no, it's mine. And then you start realizing, oh, my gosh. And one of the things that can happen for some people is when you first lay the baby down and it's not that connected to mom, you get a lot of distress. But for some kids, when you lay them down, they're fascinated by what else is out there, what they can explore with their eyes, what they can explore with their ears, what they can explore with their body, which is why you have to lock things or put gates up. Um, because it's inherent to human beings. Stimulation, curiosity, these yeah, are... it's like, it's part of wanting a being human. I mean, when we have something that's called agoraphobia, we're scared to go out. There's actually, I mean, it's a condition where you don't want to go out. And yet when people develop dementia, we complain because they want to go out. And it's like, and they want to go out all the time or because they never get out, it feels like they are not getting their needs met. And so it... It is they want to get out all the time, but it's because they're not being out at all. work. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And when we go out, it's not just riding around classically, we're doing something. So thinking about going out and going walking in a, in, in a nature thing, going out and doing something, go to recycling. Maybe we could go out and take things to the dump. Maybe we need to go out and do this and then do that and then come back. I mean, it is work. I mean, I, I will acknowledge its work and it's particularly challenging if you're in a residential care setting with multiple people. But one of my recommendations has always been in the early afternoon, get them on a, go on a van ride at least and stop at McDonald's and get something to, you know, or whatever your Tim Hortons up north, although they're south of the border now and McDonald's is north. We've got that going out and getting something that's a treat and then coming back because we come home with our treats we've been satisfied um, i think some people are, are fortunate because they they have the option mm -hmm. uh, of day programs yeah. uh but again uh, there's probably good day programs and and better day programs <laughs> and there are day programs that are more like day cares and I'm not being ugly, but there are settings where, um, you know, we're bouncing around a beach ball for hours, in which case, I don't know about you, but I need to go home. <laughs> I need to get out of here. So, you know, wherever we have someone, we have to recognize the importance of people programming and, and the place. What does the place feel like to the person and what props are around so that I can feel like I can do something. So uh, once again, with dementia, um, there's no such thing as a set answer here, because 
I'm an individual and, and I'm pretty sure you're a little bit different than me and our producer is different than both of us. And Yeah. And so being aware that maybe Greg's need to go out is to go out and actually it's traveling. Greg's a traveler. I mean, he likes to move about and mine might be to go out and just be somewhere else. Um, and I don't want to be around people. I just want to be out somewhere. Or I might want to be around people. Um, I may need to go out on this day and say I need to go to a faith community. And then the next time I turn around, I need to go to the store. But I was just at the store. But something about going to the store gives me a sense of a value. And yes, it feels like I do that a lot. And it's like, well, let's head to the store. Um, let's head to the mall. You know, but again, looking at safety measures to put in place so that I'm not overspending because that can be an issue. Um, but we we do need to be thinking about, you know, do being human is being engaged in living. So COVID has presented a challenge, but then other things present challenges as well. So we have to adapt. One thing that has challenged a lot of care partners is we are now experiencing nuclear families or have been for quite some time. So I might be the lone care partner and in which case trying to entertain dad who's very physically fit uh -huh. doesn't want to stay home that could wear on me really quickly very quickly and so this is where really starting to identify resources before needed whether it's day services whether it's um a, an exercise place like a gym where you know and they have, I mean, what's interesting is with COVID, people are so interested in getting customers that they are often dropping rates and they may have somebody who's a trainer. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had more dementia friendly and dementia competent places where people could go? And you don't need to be so worried about being with them because you know, wherever they are, they've got somebody there who's skilled at working with people living with dementia. Um, you know, volunteer jobs, opportunities to go out and do things. You know, that idea of starting to sort through what's available in your community, students, uh, people who might have, you know, faith communities that have resource path, groups that do things, um, friends that are interested in developing abilities. But if you don't start looking before you need it, when you need it, you're overwhelmed and it's hard to go look for anything. So Tipa, on, on many occasions at the end of our program, just as we're wrapping up like this, I realize that we haven't given anybody an answer. We've given several answers. Is that because there is no one answer? There's certainly no one size fits all. Because if I don't know who Greg is, is as a human being, what his story is, what his negatives and positives were about his life and his work, I'm going to have a really hard time coming up with something that will satisfy Greg. Um, if I don't know who his carer is and what resources they have fiscally, but also what resources they have to travel to go somewhere, what they have in their immediate environment, quite honestly, I, I'm not going to do a very good job of helping, which is why we have consultants, which is why we do one-on-one -on -one work and small group work, because it isn't a quick fix. There is none. And if that's I, I met people, it just won't work. <laughs> I met this lady named Tipa one time, and I think she had this saying of, what was it? Know your person, know your person, know your person. Know your person, yeah. Yeah, and know yourself. Know your person and know yourself, and then start knowing what's available. Because this is not a solo operation. No one should do this all by themselves. And if you are by yourself trying to do this, what I can say is at some point, the joy will become... Oh, 
I'm just so overwhelmed because that level of support needed will vary. And so finding out that you need some support before you need some support, great idea. Tipa, thank you very much. You are welcome. And remember, if you're a family care partner looking for more PAC videos, as well as other fantastic training resources, call your local area on aging, agency on aging and ask for Truelta. Our friends at Truelta offer a learning platform specifically designed for family care partners, and it's often included in resources from your local county or state government in the U.S. You can find more information at www.truelta.com. That's T-R-U-A-L-T-A.com. And yes, podcast listeners around the globe can also google truelta.com. Join us again next time.